Hello and welcome to the DeFi Daily, a 10-minute or less DeFi and crypto update. I'm Amy, here with Pat, and today is Wednesday, September 14th, 2021. Hey! Today wasn't a half-bad day on the markets, all things considered. The overall market picking up 1.3% to the market cap of $2.16 trillion. Bitcoin sitting pretty happy at 48000 up 2%. Ethereum up 6% to 3600 Hey, we're bumping up against 4000 again. That always makes me happy. Uh, Cardano up 3% after their lackluster day yesterday. Good for them. That's what we're all looking for. Uh, Ripple up a little bit to $1.11. And you know what? Even Solana clawed back a little bit. They are up down uh, down over 5% yesterday, up uh, 0.083% today. Good for them. The DeFi Daily is brought to you by Bitwave. Bitwave is a digital asset management platform that does crypto tax tracking, accounting, bookkeeping. So if you need help figuring out your taxes, make sure to check them out online at bitwave.io or on Twitter at Bitwave Platform. Amy, you forget to mention our new bulk payment feature, which is so exciting. You can do bulk online, on-chain bulk payments for invoice payments, dividend payments, and more. Uh, get Get some. <laughs> yeah. All right. The biggest news today, of course, OpenSea admits to one of its employees taking part in an NFT-related insider trading scheme. Admits is an interesting way to phrase that. <laughs> I would uh, uh, one of OpenSea's uh, the OpenSea's head of product, Nate Chastain, got caught, uh, and there's no other way to look at it. Got caught insider trading. Now, a couple of super interesting things here. Uh, which we'll talk about in a few different directions here. One, let's talk about how he got caught because it's just a, it's just a great story about the blockchain. Like I, you know, obviously with Bitwave, we we focus on tax and accounting, and there really is this great story for the blockchain around tax and accounting and, and auditability and traceability, and you know the ability of different companies to kind of like view each other's books in in a good way, like you know, like transparency. Uh, this is a great example. Someone found Nate Chastain's. Uh, wallet. It was he's not, he's a pretty well known figure, so it wasn't hard. He had, there's a wallet that he had one of his uh, famous NFTs on that he owns uh, that was that was that was known to be his wallet. Someone was kind of watching it. So what they were doing is they would they would sort of watch what was happening when uh, they they were just they were just kind of doing some tr- like random tracing around it. And so what he did was he was kind of correlating when a NFT would pop. Uh, when NFT would get featured on, on OpenSea, he was noticing that the NFT was getting bought earlier that day. So OpenSea, obviously, the way they curate their homepage is it's not algorithmic. It is curated by by hand. So there are people at OpenSea who make a decision about what NFTs are going to get featured on their homepage. So the the day, you know, several hours before a particular NFT or an artist would get featured on the homepage, uh, this, uh, this gentleman on Twitter noticed that it was being, uh, that there was, uh, someone was buying those NFTs. And then later, so actually what he noticed was there was this chain. So we know he noticed that someone's buying the NFTs and then selling them afterwards. Then he went back and noticed that Nate Chastain's wallet was transferring uh, some funds to, from wallet A to wallet B to then this third wallet, which was actually doing the purchasing. And then later it would transfer kind of like the funds back. And from an accounting perspective, uh, Dude, it's just awesome. I mean, it was just like it literally they could track it. It was four four point nine Ethereum goes out, seven Ethereum comes back in. Um, couple things were funny about that. So it, it was just super obvious that someone was was essentially trading on insider on insider knowledge about what was going to get featured on OpenSea and then trading the pop. Now, a couple of interesting things about that. Um, it was a laughably small amount of money. I mean, and, and I say that like you know, look at this you know, hashtag first world problems. Like obviously. Obviously, uh, six thousand dollars of profit is not a small amount of money in the rest of the world or in the, in the rest of the industry. But 
in the crypto world where you are the head of product for a, a newly minted $1.5 billion company, it is a laughably small amount of money to be to be risking your your personal reputation, your company's reputation, your investor's reputation, everything like that. So so that's point one. Uh, really, really weird. And he did this. It looks like they've kind of tracked it down. Let's say he's been doing it over the course of the last month or two. So over the last month or two, there's there's been a few suspicious things like this. So I don't know. Let's call it you know five, ten of these times that. So thirty, forty thousand dollars. I don't know. What whatever it doesn't like. It's not. It's not one point five billion dollars. It's not hundreds of millions of dollars. So that was sort of the first point here. Second point to talk about is is the legality of this. This this got uh, Twitter kind of riled up. Uh, my favorite tweet was someone saying like this is not my favorite tweet honestly was someone saying that this is not illegal uh i would do this also and it's like well you're you're a bad person <laughs> like yeah, great immoral yeah like, like okay cool <laughs> um although i i actually will say i do actually think it is illegal um any sort of fraudulent activity like essentially fraud the the definition of fraud from a, a criminal stance is is relatively broad uh so this would absolutely constitute fraud, uh, depending on how you want to how you want to prosecute it. So there's there is absolutely a chance that this is actually fraudulent activity because it's, it is essentially manipulating people uh, for your own gain. Um, we don't know. I mean, was Nate was he actually helping to pick what was featured? Was he helping to to Was he also popping? Like you end up in this like chain of like all these other issues that are probably happening there. Third, which is unrelated but is very interesting, just from a a. Uh, pure journalistic point standpoint, I guess, was uh, CoinDesk is reporting that, and I don't know if this is true or not, but they're they're basically reporting that that uh, Andreessen Horowitz's PR team is the one uh, running point on this, which I thought was just so fast. I, neither here nor there, but I thought so. Andreessen is now a hundred million dollars into this company. I guess that's I guess that's as good a reason as any to let your PR team <laughs> like run point on a scandal. It just really it really made me very interesting because like there was there was releases being pushed by Andreessen, um, some statements and things like that. It came from it came unsigned from OpenSea, but it was uh, they're basically you know reporting that it was Andreessen's uh, PR team doing this. So uh, it's it's a service you don't often see from VCs is uh, is crisis management. You know you'll sometimes see some things around it, but um, shows how serious this is. I mean it really it really should show how incredibly serious the situation is uh, because you lack loss of, you know, there's the, the competitive advantage, the moat for these guys is, is their trust. It is community trust. It's community use and all mm-hmm. that kind of things. It's not, the moat's not like technical, like anyone can start one of these things. So it just shows how, how serious it is to, to get caught up in a scandal like this. Do you think this will kind of shake the whole NFT market? No, I, I agree. I, I, I think the NFT market is, uh, like I, I, I hesitate I hesitate to use the word irrational, but like what's like what's like one click down from irrational? Exuberant. <laughs> I think I think the, the NFT market is exuberant and I don't think uh, I don't think this will impact it. Yeah. All right. Next, Arbitrum's total value lock surges to one point five billion as DeFi DGENs ape into Ar Arbinian or how how do you say that one? Ar Arbinian. Arbinian. All that's right. What, that's how N-Y-A-N. I pronounce it. N-Y-A-N. I love the internet because like no one knows how to pronounce anything. Yeah, I haven't heard anyone say it out loud. Arbinian. Arbinian. I don't know. Any thoughts on that, Pat? Oh, uh, um, oh yeah, this is where I, I say things. Um, I thought uh, I thought we were going to just debate the uh, the, na- the pr- correct pronunciation for the next 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, so Arbitum is, a, is obviously an L2 solution out there competing with the likes of Optimism and uh, Optimism and then some of the side chains, Polygon, all those kinds of guys. Uh, they launched a Arbignan, 
Arbignan was at their uh, their yield farming pool that they they launched as part of Arbitrum to kind of get to get pickup. Uh, it was a, it was a bid. You know, you'll you'll hear me talk about these things a lot, which is that you know you these markets tend towards like 80, 80 20 kind of rules, and that's sort of the way that the L two market is the L two market is going for Ethereum, where there's there's sort of a uh, there's a a eighty percent uh, like right now Arbitrum is about sixty percent of the of the L two market. Uh, DYDX is is a little bit below, is something like fifteen percent, and then Optimism I think is pretty is is sort of in that same range there. So they they in a bid to uh, capture the L two market, they they went out with a very aggressive yield farming strategy. Um, at some point, people were getting thousands of percent return APY return on these the on Abignan. Uh, Arbin, Arbit, Arbit, whatever, uh, and uh, now, but then uh, over the course of the last few days, the the, the price has essentially just kind of plummeted on that. It's off ninety percent. Um, uh, their 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 base tokens off ninety percent. So so you know there really was this like uh, need, not it's not a pump and dump. There was there was exuberance that then turned into like profit taking very very quickly. Uh, I think it's a great plat pra, uh, platform. I think they're doing really cool stuff. Um, you know it's you. There is this aspect where you want to be judicious about you as a, pro, a platform provider wanting to be judicious about the pop is a good way to say it. Essentially, getting a lot of people on your platform just to have them have them bounce as soon as and, and profit take really quickly is not the right way to do it. Like what you really want to be doing is you want to be building community over time, providing lots of value in lots of different ways. You know, I look at Optimism and their deal with Uniswap, just perfect example of that. Like there's a problem that we all had, which was Uniswap was expensive and tough to use on the L1. Do a great partnership, get that get that deal flowing, make everyone's life a little bit better, and that's that's a good way to handle it. So I do I, I kind of uh, I you know I, I always would say be careful about these sort of like these these kind of um, different sort of advertising schemes are going to rely on on economic uh, undertones because it it sets up bad. You don't want to see pops and and drops and sell offs like this on your on your currency. Uh, it just creates more questions than than answers. So. Uh, but good for them. They they obviously are a big uh, a big uh, DeFi player now. I mean, no no doubt about it. All right. Well, that'll do it for today. Thank you as always for listening to the DeFi Daily. All right. Have a good one. <laughs>